What you are about to hear are accounts of real pro wrestling events. Some names, mostly ours, have been changed to protect the innocent. Welcome to Snap Judgments. What is happening, everybody? Welcome to Raw in Order WBU Snap Judgments. This is your boy, RCMP, Justin JLB. Welcome, welcome. Tonight is going to be the April 13th edition of Monday Night Raw. So without further ado, let's go. So Raw, first of all, starts off with a recap of Drew McIntyre winning at WrestleMania, of course, against Brock Lesnar. We then do see Drew McIntyre actually come out to the ring and start talking about thanking the fans for uh, believing in him for the unbelievable support even on the internet he does mention that the internet can be cruel but everybody was pretty nice to him and that he will be a fighting champion he starts then talking about uh, the match that he had with Big Show they actually show a little recap of the match while he commentates on it and it's actually pretty interesting that he does do that he then goes on to mention that he is a fighting champion and that if anyone does want to face him he will be a fighting champion and face them and of course as soon as that is said andrade comes out with zelina vega zelina vega goes on to telling drew mcintyre that andrade was the one that actually defeated drew mcintyre back in nxt for that championship and had even injured him Drew McIntyre says he remembers and that he is willing to put up the title against Andrade tonight. Andrade then surprisingly talks, who still isn't great at English. I don't know how him and Charlotte are together, um, considering there's like a huge language barrier there. But one thing that he did say, he said that he will have the title no more senor and that he will beat him and i think that no more senor thing will be on shirts or something because it was hilarious so that match is set up for tonight as your main event it will be drew mcintyre versus andrade they also did announce that it will be the Money in the Back qualifying matches tonight, and it's going to be the woman's turn as we will see Asuka take on Ruby Riot. We will also see Sarah Logan take on Shayna Baszler in an attempt to bury Carrie Zane. Saying one more time, it will be Carrie Zane versus Nia Jax. Um, as we reported on WBU, uh, Carrie Zane is most likely uh, going to be leaving the company, and thus is why they lost the titles, as well as why she is going to get pulverized by Nia Jax, which we will see later on. Now, before I go anywhere else, you might be wondering why WWE is still going ahead with pay-per-views and so on and so forth. It was actually just announced that the WWE is now considered an essential business. The governor of Orange County, Florida, had announced it uh, Monday, early Monday morning, and now the WWE can, in fact, be be doing shows at the Performance Center 
Not only that, they are now for sure going to be doing live shows every Monday, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, and for Friday, Friday Night Smackdown, and of course for Sunday, their pay-per-views for the meantime until this whole COVID business goes away. So first match we got up is Asuka versus Ruby Wyatt, and man, I gotta tell you, Asuka is just so entertaining. She has such a ball of energy when she's in that ring, just even before the match, just as Ruby Ride's coming out, Asuka's just kind of dancing around. She's just having fun. That's the kind of energy we honestly need. Although Asuka cannot talk on the mic, she is certainly very, very uh, energetic, enthusiastic, and, and just interesting to watch. Uh, and of course, always a phenomenal wrestler. Um, did think she was better in NXT, but, uh, you know, that's uh, Vince McMahon for you. And uh, honestly, what a good match. Uh, that was a really, really good match. Points of the match right off the bat is I like when Asuka did the Asuka lock, then she turned it into the ankle lock. Uh, Ruby um, countered it, and then Asuka did a German suplex. I thought that was amazing. But this match was actually really entertaining, and uh, it made me remember how good Ruby Riot can be in the ring. Um, she was gone for quite some time though, so it did remind me of how these these two um, women worked phenomenally well together, but unfortunately, or not unfortunately, I didn't mind either one winning, but Asuka ended up taking the win in um, a chokehold, I forgot what they called it, it's not the Asuka lock, the Asuka lock is the arm, uh, but in a chokehold in which Ruby Riot tapped out right away. So that means Asuka qualified for her money in the bank match. After the match, Asuka gets interviewed and Asuka basically mentions that no one is ready for Asuka. And uh, guys, I'm thinking that Asuka might actually win this money in the bank match. Because um, honestly, I think it's about time we maybe get Asuka again. Uh, of course, I also wouldn't mind Shayna Baszler winning it. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that match. I was actually thoroughly entertained there. While the match was happening, I do want to point out two things though. 83% of the people who cash in the money in the bank uh, end up winning, so that is a fun fact. Um, as well as they also did mention the Big Show show. Now, uh, for those of you who remember, the Big Show show is a Netflix show that came out last week, which of course uh, evolves around the Big Show. Um, I did a little review on it on my Real Talk radio page, but honestly, the Big Show show it parody of what a sitcom might be, but it is done horribly, unfortunately. Um, not through the Big Show's fault or any of the actors, but mostly the writing. Um, just wanted to kind of give you a little mini review on that before we head on to more of Monday Night Raw. So Monday Night Raw then takes you to MVP's MVP Lounge in which where he announces that three qualifying matches for next week's Raw for the men's division and the first match was announced that it would be Rey Mysterio versus Buddy Murphy. I do want to point out though that now they're just naming him Murphy. Why? I do not know. Second match that was announced that will be Aleister Black taking on Austin Theory. And this can honestly go either way, although they have uh, have not been making Aleister Black lose. At the same time, Austin Theory is new. Do you want to make Austin Theory lose like that? 
I don't know. Uh, it's really up in the air. Um, definitely wouldn't mind either one of them winning, though. They're both phenomenal talent. They technically shouldn't be against each other because I want them both in the Money in the Bank match, but it is what it is. So that's your second match. And the third qualifying match is going to be Apollo Crews versus the man himself, MVP. And uh, I don't know what to think of that match, but I'm pretty sure Apollo Crews is going to win that one. So those are your next three matches on Raw for the Money in the Bank qualifying match next week. And so Alistair Black uh, ends up coming to the ring to face Oni Lorcan. I will not... I will say this time around, though, it wasn't a complete squash. Oni Lorcan was actually doing a lot of wrestling moves and so on, and it lasted a little while. So there is that, but at the end of the day, we knew what was happening here. It, we, we just knew, and uh, yeah, just kind of pointless. I would rather have seen a promo of some sort or something. We all know how I like promos, so, you know. By the way, if you didn't realize, obviously, Alistair Black won the match. Next up, we got Becky Lynch, the man, coming out to do a promo, pretty much. And uh, yeah, so she is here, and she is ready to talk. She basically just gives a warning to all the Money in the Bank participants that she is ready for them, and that she will surprise the world at once again, whoever decides to challenge her for the title that she will beat them and still be the man good promo decent promo wasn't uh too long but uh it uh, served its purpose next up we also do get an interview with andrade and Zelina vega and uh chuck asks them uh how exactly are you going to beat Drew McIntyre, they basically go through the same thing. Uh, Andrade says that he's beaten him before. Last time he was champion, he was the one that dethroned him. And yeah, so, you know, very particular, decent, uh, just an interview, I guess. Uh, now, I know Zelina Vega has always been great on the mic, but I feel like she's actually gotten better. That might sound weird, but I feel like she's really improved and she really feels com more comfortable than she already was. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Before Shayna Baszler comes out to the ring, she's interviewed um, and asks about uh, Ronda Rousey's comments that she's made. Now, for those of you who've been living under a little rock, Ronda Rousey uh, basically has made a comment that she's not coming back to the WWE and that she feels because the fans are just aren't appreciative of her and that um, you know she doesn't need to do the fake fighting to be appreciated there was a lot of backlash a lot of wrestlers stood up female wrestlers stood up like Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax Nia Jax even mentioning that she would punch her straight in the face if um, if uh, Ronda Rousey ever got into a ring again and yeah I don't know. This whole thing, first and foremost, I feel is a work. It just wouldn't make sense to me for Ronda Rousey um, to be that hurt or to be that vindictive of the WWE. Um, it just doesn't seem like it's her style. And I feel like it is a work for her to come back and eventually face someone. 
I just feel it's weird. There's reports saying that it's not a work, but it's just it's just not in her character. There would be no reason for her to be saying these things. Although I do kind of agree that, you know, she doesn't necessarily need to come back and that if the fans are not appreciating her uh, and she feels like, you know, she's just wasting her time then and wasting her amount of time that she's, you know, not home and not spending time with her family and so on and so forth. And that if they don't appreciate it, she'd rather be with people who would appreciate her time, which I completely understand. <clears throat> it makes complete sense. Um, but I don't see how much backlash he has actually gotten. Like, it's nothing crazy. Like, I don't remember reporting anything of the fans, like, totally knocking her down. And then even, if anything, I remember the positive reports of when she, you know, did wrestle a few matches and she was getting a little bit better and so on and so forth. Sure, she had some rust just because she's not a wrestler. She's an MMA fighter. Um... But yeah, I just I just think the whole thing's a work. I, I don't trust it. Um, but either way, you know, why not? They're using the internet to their uh, advantage. So, you know, I get it. So next up, we got uh, Shayna Baszler versus Sarah Logan. And uh, yeah, uh, it basically just goes to show Shayna Baszler's monster side once again. Essentially, she broke uh, Sarah Logan's arm, um, which is uh, clearly a work. It's not like legitimately broken but then Shayna Baszler goes on to the mic not a mic actually she just kind of just throws a bunch of chairs and she leaves what's interesting about about this though is the announcer announced Sarah Logan as the winner however the uh, commentary team had, were confused by that and they said well no Sarah Logan wasn't able to continue shouldn't it be Shayna Baszler who would be the winner so there is confusion to that of who actually won the qualifying match uh, so I guess we'll find out we shall see what happens there uh, but definitely Shayna Baszler should definitely win not entirely sure if that is uh, an issue with the announcer who just got that wrong or if they want to kind of see what they can do with that um not really sure so seth rollins uh is up and he does a little uh 20 second monologue and he mentions that he has been uh he basically mentions that he has been crucified uh because he had lost against kevin owens and his career was crucified not entirely sure you want to start saying crucified on easter monday uh that seems a bit weird uh, I would imagine they're gonna get a little bit of backlash from that, but it was so short. Maybe no one would have noticed um, But yeah, quite uh, quite appalling uh, to say that I personally don't care But for those who might be you know a little bit more uh, uber religious might be a bit uh, cryptic by the choice of words by Seth Rollins there, but that's pretty much all he says and uh, fades to black Next up, the Stone Cold Steve Austin Broken Skull Sessions. You are going to have Steve Austin interview the nature boy, Ric Flair, which uh, I can't wait to watch. That should be very interesting. So I originally mentioned it like that because now we find out, ladies and gentlemen, that Shayna Baszler is the official, official winner of the match. The announcers finally had announced it. So as of right now, we have Shayna Baszler and Asuka who qualified for the Money in the Bank match. 
And uh, next match, we have Akira Tozawa versus Austin Theory in just a matchup uh, with Zelina Vega on commentary. Match was pretty good, pretty decent. Um, at first, it was a little slow. It was kind of like, okay, you know, this match could be a bit better. Then it picked up uh, picked up uh, at the, towards the end. Uh, but Austin Theory essentially beating Akira Tozawa with the ATL. I am happy that this wasn't a squash match, squash match at least. And they gave Akira Tozawa some time in the ring and to uh, execute some of his maneuvers. Um, he's, I'm also really excited to see him on NXT in that tournament, and I really hope they just give this guy a shot, man. Akira Tozawa is such phenomenal talent, and he deserves so much more than the WWE is giving him. But yes, uh, Zelina Vega, though, on commentary, uh, pr entertaining as always. Of course, making fun of Byron Saxton. Everyone was on the commentating booth. Um, but yeah, Zelina Vega was uh, amazing. On commentator, and of course, Austin Theory won with the ATL. After the match, though, we had Garza, uh, Austin Theory, and Andrade come out together and basically pummel on uh, Hakira Tozawa. Now, I'm curious as to what they would name this team because this is honestly probably one of the best stables I've seen of in a while uh, all three are phenomenal wrestlers and this is a stable that I really would enjoy maybe you add ricochet in there as well uh, I would really like that but I mean just keeping them those three the triple threat would be great well not the triple threat is a name but I don't know maybe it could work WWE's had worse names but yeah these three guys Garza Theory and uh, Andrade absolutely amazing Ironically enough, if you just have their three initials on their first name, they would be AAA. I don't know if they meant to do that, uh, but that can maybe be their name too, technically. AAA, eh, kind of makes sense. Next up, WWE shows the Chronicle original series for Drew McIntyre of his rise and fall since he's become champion. And it uh, should be pretty interesting. It's, you know, a redemption story, obviously. So next up, we got the Seth Rollins mini monologue once again. He does mention that everyone has faith or should have faith to believe in something and that he is still here and that the Messiah has risen. So I think I kind of get it from his previous monologue with the crew. He's been crucified and that he has risen Easter, Friday, Monday, uh, Friday, Sunday kind of ordeal. Um, or of course, Jesus had risen on Sunday. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of get it now. I'm a little less uh, cryptic about it. And I guess that's why it might not be getting any heat for it. So we also got now Angel Garza facing NXT superstar Tahuti Miles. Um, this has really been the Zelina Vega show, though. Like, all we're getting is uh, matches with Zelina Vegas's people. But they're actually doing a lot of matches and a lot less recaps. So I'm really happy about that. Uh, I guess it really sprung uh, something in them when they finally realized that, hey, we can do... Uh, shows now where WWE is considered an essential service, unlike in their style. Angel Garza hits him with the wing clipper for the one, two, three. Um, the match wasn't uh, total squash, but uh, essentially it was just all Angel Garza for the most of it. Um, yeah, and it was what it was. They basically, all three men come again and start knocking on uh, who, who Rudy Miles. Um, afterwards, though, pretty hilarious stuff with Kerry Zane and um, uh, Kerry Zane and Oscar. Uh, Chuck asks, uh, 
how Carrie Zane's confidence is doing going against Nia Jax. And then Asuka just does like a little confidence kind of thing. Freaking hilarious. Oh, I just love Asuka. She's so entertaining. Uh, just it's spot on. It was great. So Nia Jax uh, is back. She was back last Raw. Um, so that's great that she is back. She is going up uh, as a qualifier match, going up against Carrie Zane. Essentially, it's just a squash match. As I mentioned before, they're not really going to be pushing Carrie Zane anymore, uh, just because there's rumors that she wants to actually leave once her contract is up and go back to Japan. So they are pretty much just squashing her. Um, and yeah, there's not really much to say about that. And uh, Nia Jax defeats her with the uh, Annihilator, I believe it's called, which is pretty much just a Samoan drop. I don't know, kind of a filler match if you ask me. But, uh, you know, Nia Jax wins. So next up, we got the queen herself, Charlotte Flair, coming out. And she is talking, uh, going to take us on a little history lesson. She basically mentions when she won the Royal Rumble, uh, she didn't just want to face Becky Lynch, which she's beaten a bunch of times. She didn't want to face Bayley, who she's beaten more than a bunch of times. But she wanted to face the next big thing, and then once, uh, which is Rhea Ripley. And then once she beat the next big thing. Thing and uh, she wants to teach everyone at NXT humility or humbleness, which um, of course Charlotte Flair doesn't lack, which is the whole point of the joke. Uh, just was an amazing promo as Charlotte usually always does, um, even with no crowd. Um, and of course she's going to be taking on Iro Shirai, and uh, that should be one heck of a match. I cannot wait when that goes down because that is going to be a show stealer for sure. And I think that's where ultimately that might end up being uh, Hiro Shirai's spot at maybe making it to the main roster. We shall see what happens. So next up, we got Bobby Lashley versus No Way Jose. Before the match uh, came about, uh, we did see that Bobby Lashley mentioned on a, a YouTube uh, clip that uh, he might actually need new management or perhaps a new wife. Um, so this is obviously leading to them eventually going to be breaking up. Lashley still comes out with Lana taking on No Way Jose. Uh, Lashley essentially is wrestling and then Lana is just yelling, yelling. He basically goes up to her and says, can you please just shut up? Uh, she looks mad, but Lashley still ends up winning with the spear and they both leave. But they're still together. Like, just end it. Just rip it off like a band-aid and just end it. And that is that. And the last monologue of the night for Seth Rollins, he mentions, gives the message to all the non-believers that he will stomp out all doubt. And it fades to black once again, leading us to perhaps him interfering in the main event. Well, we will just have to find out. Next match, we got the Viking Raiders, who have not been on Raw for quite some time, I believe, versus Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, which, by the way, amazing team. Like, these, this team is also another great team they should keep and build on and get something going with. The only problem is they need a mouthpiece because both these guys cannot talk. So you need someone there to help them out with that. And I think they should build these two for the tag team division for sure, which I think is what they're kind of doing. But uh, I don't think they're totally set on it just yet. Probably the match of the night. 
absolutely great match a great match on both parties you saw the best of the viking raiders and you also saw the agility and craziness of cedric as well as ricochet spot on i just completely enjoyed every minute of it and was just interested through and through I did find it weird though how the commentators kept on saying Cedric's name over and over, but they said like his full name a lot of the time. Cedric Alexander, Cedric Alexander, Cedric Alexander kind of thing. So I feel like they want the fans to know his name really well. So it looks like as if though they're really going to start pushing this as a tag team. Uh, super down for that. Uh, whoever thought of this, these two to team up together are geniuses because this is a phenomenal tag team and actually made me enjoy this tag match would love to see them go against the street profits uh would even like to see them and street profits at money in the bank or something that would be superb but unfortunately the viking raiders uh either way i was happy for either team to win but the viking raiders take the win um as this is their first time back on raw in quite some time and they beat cedric alexander and ricochet great match i'm giving this match like a 4.5 out of 5 thought it was dope and before we get to our main event which will be andrade versus drew mcintyre we get the street profits who get interviewed um about the viking raiders and just do a hilarious segment first and foremost we find out a few things we find out that the est of wwe bianca belair is officially a raw superstar and will be with of course the street profits um and then that more you know segment was hilarious with the whole viking raiders i didn't know that the vikings <laughs> gave you the two english words of happy and egg to the english language and it was just hilarious oh so amazing i don't know if that's legitimately true but i imagine if it is if they put it there uh the more you know segment they have to keep doing that one it's knowledge knowledge is power and it was just freaking hilarious absolutely spot on but bianca belair came and put street profits into a little bit of a reality check basically says listen you have never beat them focus stop playing around and it is time for them to get that smoke well done great interview awesome as always and bianca belair just adds that extra little spice to the street profit tag team where they would balance them to not be so comical but again the comedy is still absolutely just amazing funny entertaining and great and so next up, we got the main event, your main event of the evening, Drew McIntyre versus Andrade. Uh, this match honestly was nothing crazy. Yeah, but I don't know. This match didn't really do anything for me. Obviously, Drew McIntyre won. But it, what happens at the end is probably the most notable as we see uh, Seth freaking Rollins, after all his monologues, come out and basically super kick and then stomp out Drew McIntyre, which will, I guess, be leading us to a Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre feud. I don't mind this at all. I honestly really really don't the only thing that i'm just kind of concerned of and maybe it's just me being a little picky is that why does seth rollins just automatically get a title shot just like that you know considering brock could maybe be going for his rematch then again you know not that i want to see brock lesnar anyways but it just kind of concerns me. I guess I'm kind of used to the AEW style of things where they have a ranking system. I just don't see how Seth Rollins is up there before, let's say, Kevin Owens. 
if you will. Um, granted, Kevin Owens and McIntyre are both faces, but Kevin Owens would technically get the title shot before anyone else. But yeah, so that is your Raw. Uh, a lot happened. There was actually a lot of stuff, in my opinion, uh, that really happened this uh, on this Raw. It was, I believe, live already. So we had a lot of stuff happening, a lot of interviews and a lot of matches. We had how many here? We had one, eight matches, eight matches on the Raw card. And, you know, you had four promos, five promos. It felt long, but it also felt like a three hour show. And I was intrigued. I was interested throughout everything like a lot of these matches were spot on you know austin theory versus akira tozawa was great it was de it was decent enough i really enjoyed it um you know what else here you know the alistair black oni lorkin was whatever to me i felt like it was a bit of a squash the oscar and ruby riot match i enjoyed as well um, and of course, for me still, the match of the night, though, would be the Viking Raiders versus Ricochet. Ricochet and the name they mentioned 5,000 times, um, Cedric Alexander. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely enjoyed tonight's Raw. Um, it had a little bit of everything, and I'm really excited if now that they're in essential business, uh, we're going to get Raw back to being live and hopefully a lot more superstars. I just hope everyone does indeed stay safe. Definitely curious to see what's going to happen with the men's, um, the men's qualifying matches next week. We shall see. We shall see what's going to go on. But a packed Raw. I really honestly felt that this was packed. Considering we've just seen a lot of recaps the last few weeks, this definitely um, was a shocker to me. So, uh, pleasantly surprised. If I'm going to have to give this a rating, my snap judgment is going to be i'm going to give this raw uh, a four out of five i really did enjoy it i really i didn't really skip through a lot uh, or really anything during this raw i legit was entertained the only thing i skipped was i believe the ray mysterio uh him talking i didn't care uh sorry ray that's why I didn't really talk about it either, but I'm talking about it now just in case anyone mentions that I didn't talk about it. I didn't care. It's just, it's a pointless, it's a pointless promo. Like, he never says anything. He's just always too goody two-shoes. Um, so I just didn't care. But yeah, Raw was, um, Raw was good. Raw, I really enjoyed, and now that they're in essential business, it should be a good time. So as you know, I do like to give the Raw ratings from the previous week, so then I can compare them uh, for the following week there afterwards. Obviously, we don't know the Raw ratings for this week yet, but last week's post-WrestleMania Raw drew a 2.118 million average million viewership. This is up 10% from last week's 1.92 so pretty decent there it seems to just be going up uh little by little and you know there's not a lot on tv if anything vince mcmahon is certainly going to be capitalizing on the fact that there's not a lot on tv or not a lot of original programming on tv and the fact that WWE has solidified that they are now an essential business definitely i imagine the ratings are going to pick up and we might just see perhaps one of the highest ratings ever for raw happen because uh, i can only imagine it would get higher from here and yeah that's it i'm probably going to be doing also a, a recap of the rick flair 
uh, WB Network exclusive. Uh, that will be on the WBU website. Uh, perhaps I'll do a recording of it. We shall see. But it looks as though it's going to be back to business as usual since WWE isn't going anywhere. And that is it, guys. That is all. It's a little bit longer, but there was also eight matches, as I mentioned. So it was a lot to get to. Thank you so much for listening. I, of course, once again, am your RCMP, Justin JLB. And you were listening to Snap Judgments, The Raw Report. And please do follow uh, me at Justin, um, rather, sorry, at JLB420 is on Twitter. You can also follow uh, my Real Talk Radio 1 at Real Talk Radio 8 on Twitter. And of course, you can access anchor.fm slash RTR for all my social medias there. Give us a shout. We are here to talk. If you want to talk about wrestling or whatever have you, please don't hesitate. And as always, this is brought to you by the Tatnus uh, Tatnus Code Network, excuse me, uh, where you please go visit them at tatniscode.com and see all their other original shows that they do have, including ours um, there as well. So thanks once again, and thank you for listening. Ciao for now.